Good evening. We'd like to welcome you to our Christmas Eve service. We'd also like to invite you to stand with us as we open our program with O Come, All Ye Faithful. You can find all of the songs in your program tonight. We'll be singing O Come, All Ye Faithful first. Welcome you this evening. Glad that you are here. Taking a few minutes out of, well, the hectic time that it is to ponder what really matters, what really is going on behind the scenes, what the story of Christmas is. And maybe it's new to you. And uh, we welcome you to think about the things that we're singing, the words that we're reading as we sing them. Ponder those, the words that will be read. Sometimes they're so familiar, we kind of tune out. Try not to so you can kind of follow along with the story because it's a phenomenal epic of the God-man entering into history, changing our history forever and still changing it. And one day he's going to settle all accounts the way they ought to be. So thank you for being here this evening. Uh, we are available in uh, answering any questions. If you are a visitor, uh, feel free to seek out any of the people you see on the platform, okay? I'm going to invite us to 
worship. That's why we're here, to spend some time giving attention to the God of heaven. Would you join me in prayer? And then we'll stay singing for one more song. We will let you sit down eventually, I promise. Okay? We come, great Father in heaven, giving you thanks for the phenomenal gift. This is a season of giving, a season of goodwill. This wasn't our idea. It was your idea. And when the world was in chaos and sin had caused all kinds of damage in human relationships and history between nations and people, individuals, partners, families, you sent your son into the world to bring us reconciliation, not only with you, but with one another, wherever we will allow your wonder and grace to take over. So, Lord, tonight we set time aside to give attention to the great story of the Son of God entering into our world. We give you praise for our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And we remember, yes, it started in Bethlehem with this little baby. As precious as that story is, that's not the whole of it because there was a great finale to his life. So we praise you and thank you tonight and ask that some of what we lift up to you would be pleasing in your ears because we want to worship you for what you've done for us. In the great name of Jesus, we pray and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Join us as we continue with Joy to the World. Joy to the World, the Lord is Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, 
Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God, God with, with us. us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Please join us as we sing, but please stay seated.
And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn.
Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. why this jubilee and why are angels making such a fuss right all this excitement and we're going to sing another song about angels in just a minute 
They are real beings and they did interfere in human history in the announcing of the Lord Jesus coming into the world, but also watching out for him, serving him during his temptation and his, uh, his execution and declaring his resurrection, which by the way, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm telling the end of the story. Is that a spoiler alert right there? But that really is part of the Christmas story, right? And uh, you notice that we have candles going. Uh, it's a festival of lights. Uh, in case you're wondering, I have a menorah over there, not because I want to cover all my bases, although I like to cover all my bases. Um, but last week we talked about the festival of lights, the, uh, the rededication. Hanukkah is rededication. And it was a miraculous story among the Jews during wartime where the, uh, the temple had been defiled and they rededicated it and miraculously only one day's worth of oil lasted for an entire eight days straight. That's why you have eight candles and we light them. Tonight's the third night on the Jewish calendar and so that's why we have three candles lit uh, on the left side. But a much more profound light has entered into the world than just that which burns on a candle and it's appropriate, I think, at Christmas season that we celebrate light. And when we light our candles a little bit later, I'll explain it now so I don't have to do it then. It's almost like as Jesus has come into the world, those who believe in him carry the torch, if you will, and spread his light. He said, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And as we move out into the world and show his love and kindness and the truth about trusting in him for forgiveness of sins and transformation of our life, the light spreads even in darkness. Last week, we pondered some of those stories that have happened in the history of missions and what have you. But uh, tonight, we won't do that. We simply want to concentrate on the amazing fact that the light of God the revelation of God, the second person of the Trinity, became flesh and dwelt among us. If you have ever seen um, medieval artwork trying to portray the birth, you might notice that in the manger is a baby and people like shepherds and magi or anyone else are around them with light flowing on their faces from the infant. They're trying to convey, the artist was trying to convey that the light of God has entered into the world in this remarkable God-man, this unique event in all of history, and that that light, they were recognizing it, and they were in wonder. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Well, that's why. Everybody knows at Christmas time at least one major saint, Saint Nick. Well, there was another big name. You might recognize it, Saint Augustine or Augustine, depending on how you pronounce it. It's the same guy. And he was uh, from Egypt and became a strong believer. And he was in wonder about this. And so St. Augustine of Hippo wrote this poem 15 centuries earlier, talking about who it was that entered into the world, that we should wonder at it, the incarnation mystery. Here's his words. Maker of the sun. Maker of the sun. He is made under the sun. In the Father he remains, mysteriously. From his mother he goes forth. Creator of heaven and earth, he was born on earth under heaven. Unspeakably wise, he's wisely speechless. Filling the world, he lies in a manger. Ruler of the stars, he nurses at his mother's bosom. 
He is both great in the nature of God and small in the form of a servant. For the Son of God came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And that's the story that we celebrate with this wonderful, warm, and cozy feeling of this little baby. It really looks at the plan of redemption. And that's why the angels celebrate. And so if you would stand with us, we'll sing another song having to do with angels and worshiping our Savior. Join us as we sing Angels from the Realms of Glory. Angels from the when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger now when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Thank you. 
Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the, the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in this land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Please stand as we sing the first Noel.
please be seated. Tears are falling, hearts are breaking, how we need to hear from God. You've been promised, we've been waiting, welcome holy child, welcome holy child. Hope that you don't mind our pain. How we wish we would have known But a long-awaited stranger Make yourself at home Make yourself at home Bring your peace into our violence Bid our hungry souls be filled. Word now breaking, heaven silent. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. Fragile fingers sent to heal us. Tender breath prepared for thorns. Tiny heart whose blood will save us Unto us is born Unto us is born So wrap our injured flesh around you Breathe our air and walk our side Rob our sin and make us holy Perfect Son of God, perfect Son of God, welcome to our world. Thank you, Ben. Well, we have promised that we would have you out within one hour, and I think we're going to do it. Thank you for singing. Oh, you applaud for that, but not for a song like that? Oh, tsk, tsk, tsk. I'm thinking what the whole story is about, and I, I was joking with someone at the doorway, how can I go wrong when I'm reading from the book of Jesus? That's what it says, the book of Jesus written by one of my professors in the past. He compiled a bunch of the best things written about the Savior from all different dimensions of his life, including his birth. Think about the amazing, absolute impossibility of it, if you will, of God entering into human experience. Uh, people have never been able to fully get their mental hands around that, 
and it has motivated people to renounce or turn their back on Christianity because it's absurd. It's not absurd, it's just incomprehensible to some degree for us in our limitation. I have found, and maybe you have too, that there are things that are worth hearing over and over again. Uh, One that's a classic. If you want to know the meaning of Christmas, all you have to do is watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special. That classic moment when Linus says, would you cool your jets, Charlie Brown? I can tell you what it's all about. And there were shepherds abiding in the field. And we hear the very things that we had narrated tonight, right? I never get tired of watching it. Um, haven't watched it for a while, but I don't. And I've already told my church the two movies I indulge in every Christmas. And, uh, but we all have our favorites. And they're worth looking at, watching, hearing again, reading again over and over. Uh, I think my wife reads the Christmas carol every year. So there's a story that I've read before, writing by a brother named Ken Geyer, which tries to get our mind into the actual environment of the birth of Jesus. I've read it once probably four years ago. If you actually remember it, uh, you won't mind hearing it again. And hopefully I'll be able to get through it in okay fashion. Ken Geyer or Geyer, G-I-R-E, meditation. For the census, the royal family has to travel 85 miles. Joseph walks, while Mary, nine months pregnant, rides side saddle on a donkey, feeling every jolt, every rut, every rock in the road. By the time they arrive, the small hamlet of Bethlehem is swollen from an influx of travelers. The inn is packed. People feel lucky if they were able to negotiate even a small space on the floor. Now it is late. Everyone is asleep. There is no room. But fortunately, the innkeeper is not all shekels and mites. True, his stable is crowded with his guests' animals, but if they could squeeze out a little privacy there, they were welcome to it. Joseph looks over at Mary, whose attention is concentrated on fighting a contraction. We'll take it, he says to the innkeeper without hesitation. The night is still when Joseph creaks open the stable door as he does a chorus of barn animals make discordant note of the intrusion. The stench is pungent and humid, and there have not been enough hours in the day to tend to the guests, let alone the livestock. A small oil lamp lent them by the innkeeper flickers to dance shadows on the walls, a disquieting place for a woman in the throes of childbirth, far from home, far from family, far from what she had expected for her firstborn. But Mary makes no complaint. It is a relief just to finally get off the donkey. She leans back against the wall, her feet swollen, back aching, contractions growing stronger and closer together. Joseph's eyes dart around the stable, not a minute to lose. Quickly, a feeding trough would have to make do for a crib. Hay would serve as a mattress, blankets, blankets, ah, his robe, that would do. And those rags hung out to dry would help. A gripping contraction doubles Mary over and sends him racing for a bucket of water. The birth would not be easy, either for the mother or for the child, for every royal privilege for this son ended at conception. A scream from Mary knifes through the calm of that silent night. Joseph returns, breathless, water sloshing from the wooden bucket. The top of the baby's head already pushed its way into the world. Sweat pours from Mary's contorted face as Joseph, the most unlikely midwife in all Judea, rushes to her side. 
The involuntary contractions are not enough. And Mary has to push with all her strength, almost as if God were refusing to come into the world without her help. Joseph places a garment beneath her. And with a final push and a long sigh, her labor is over. The Messiah has arrived. Elongated head from the constricting journey through the birth canal, light skin. The pigment would take days or even weeks to surface. Mucus in his ears and nostrils wet and slippery from amniotic fluid. The son of the Most High God umbilically tied to a lowly Jewish girl. The baby chokes and coughs. Joseph instinctively turns him over and clears his throat. Then he cries. Mary bears her breasts, and reaching for the shivering baby, she lays him on her chest, and his helpless cries subside. His head bobs around the unfamiliar territory. This will be the first thing the infant king learns. Mary can feel his racing heartbeat as he gropes to nurse. Deity nursing from a young maiden's breast. Could anything be more puzzling or more profound? Joseph sits exhausted, silent, full of wonder. The baby finishes and sighs, the divine word reduced to a few unintelligible sounds. Then for the first time, his eyes fix on his mother's deity straining to focus, the light of the world squinting. Tears pool in her eyes. She touches his tiny hand, and hands that once sculpted mountain ranges cling to her fingers. She looks up at Joseph, and through a watery veil, their souls touch. He crowds closer, cheek to cheek with his betrothed. Together they stare in awe at the baby Jesus, whose heavy eyelids begin to close. It's been a long journey. The king is tired. And so, with barely a ripple of notice, God stepped into the warm lake of humanity, without protocol and without pretension. Where you would have expected angels, there were only flies. Where you would have expected heads of state, there were only donkeys, a few haltered cows, a nervous ball of sheep, a tethered camel, and a furtive scurry of curious barn mice. Except for Joseph, there was no one to share Mary's pain or her joy. Yes, there were angels announcing the Savior's arrival, but only to a band of blue-collar shepherds. And yes... A magnificent star shone in the sky to mark his birthplace, but only three foreigners bothered to look up and follow it. Thus, in the little town of Bethlehem, that one silent night, the royal birth of God's son tiptoed quietly by as the world slept. And the world is still sleeping. That song that uh, our brother just sang a moment ago, Welcome to Our World, I commend it to you. Fragile finger sent to heal us. Tender brow prepared for thorn. Tiny heart whose blood will save us. Unto us is born. If you don't realize that that's the end of the story, that that's why Jesus came, was not to be that sweet, manger scene that we celebrate in front of people's lawns. It was so that he could come to lay his life down for his friends, to shed blood for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Don't, like they did then, sleep through it, my friend. If you've never entered into a relationship with him, that's what he's looking for. 
It's not just, oh, that's wonderful that it happened. It's happened so that you might come to know him. I'm just going to tell you one quick story, and then we're done. I'm going to sing Silent Night in the darkness as the light spreads through the room, and I'll give you instruction on that in a second. When I was pastoring in Tucson one day, I had an individual come into my church and literally came up after the service and said, introduce me to Jesus Christ. And I thought, okay, I know how to lead a person to faith and pray a prayer, if they mean business. But she had come out of a background of occultism and had dialogue with demonic spirits. She was hoping to meet him as she had met some of those beings. It's not just some religious idea. He is a living and real person. I don't don't have him in a booth over there. But I am saying that's why he came, so that we might know him in a real way that changes our life, transforms us. I want to welcome you. We welcome him to this world, and he welcomes you into his world if you're willing to come to him. I hope you will ponder that. And those of us who know him say, praise the Lord. Glad that Jesus came. Amen. We're going to quiet the lights down. We're going to uh, come to that special moment where we're going to sing Silent Night together all the way through. People are coming and preparing. We're going to close down lights. One little bit of instruction, if I may, because we do not want to have any accidents. The way to pass flame, if you've never done this before, we don't throw it. (laughs) No, we don't. And uh, we will pass the light on to the person on the end of the row. Hold your light once it's lit straight up. The person lighting their lamp should put it into the flame and then back up again and thus down the line, okay? I know it seems self-evident, but it's amazing what happens sometimes. And we don't want any fun and games, all right? One more. dark.
God for sending your son into the world. History will never be the same. We who have met him will never be the same. Thank you that one day he will come back and set all things as they should be. We look forward to it. In the meantime, we worship you and bless you and praise you that light has entered into our dark world. We give you thanks in the great name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, carefully... Extinguish your flame. 
and we'll put the lights back on. Merry Christmas to you all. As you, yeah, thank you. And as you leave, there is one gift per family. If you didn't get one at our service this last Sunday, and also for the kids, there's a little bag of goodies that they can take with them, okay? So out in the foyer, help yourself. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Be safe. Take care.